0: Welcome back to the Happy Saver podcast. I'm Ruth, a personal finance blogger right here in Aotearoa and of course in this podcast I chat with a diverse bunch of people and I just learn their story and then I condense it down so that you can hear helpful, relatable stories from Kiwis who are sharing their experiences, their tips and their point of view on personal finance right here in New Zealand. So let's crack on. I've been corresponding with today's guest Kerry, for about five years now and those back and forth email conversations eventually led me to pick up the phone and I chatted with her in person for the first time and back in September of 2021 I released that episode and that was number 60 and it was called First Home Buyers where I detailed the roller coaster that Kerry and her husband John had been on with their money and their life. That episode was all about the lead up to buying a home, but today's episode is what happened after that. It's much less house focused, much more life focused, but it's pretty safe to say that the roller coaster continues. So please, if you have not listened to that episode, just pause this one and go back and find it because that's going to give you a lot more background information. I've re-listened to it and it was an excellent refresher in sharing exactly how far they've come. A rolling stone gathers no moss with these two, and today I'm sharing an update on their current situation with you all. But before I jump into it, of course, here's a quick message from Pocketsmith, today's sponsor. In this podcast, I've spoken to many people who live and work between a few countries. Maybe they work overseas for part of the year and have assets, bank and superannuation accounts in that country, but then return home to family in another These global citizens and digital nomads use Pocketsmith's multi-currency feature to manage bank accounts and assets in different countries and upload digital copies of all the essential documents specific to each country. This gives them the confidence to do their own financial admin and keep the cash flow, well, flowing no matter where they are in the world. Use Pocketsmith to keep track of your whole financial life in one place, no matter if that place is here, there or somewhere in between. If you want to supercharge your finances with Pocketsmith, they've got a deal for you. Happy Saver listeners get a whopping 50% off your first two months of Pocketsmith's premium plan. To get your deal, go to Pocketsmith.com forward slash The Happy Saver. That's Pocketsmith.com forward slash The Happy Saver. For those who have already heard that original episode, I'll give you the briefest update to refresh your memory. Kerry and her husband John and their preschool daughter—they had big plans for 2020, which included a move to Australia, paying off student loans, buying a home, and starting new jobs. But we all know how 2020 unfolded. And it was interesting to hear how Kerry and John—well, they didn't bow out in defeat as their plans went up in a cloud of smoke. But instead, they stepped up, they created a new strategy, and they maneuvered themselves into their first home and a more secure position right here in Aotearoa. They bowed out of the crazy Wellington property market, they moved north to Palmerston North instead, they got new jobs and they purchased their own home, their first home, and things briefly stabilised for them. But nothing ever stays the same, and COVID was determined to stress test their plans at every turn. Now, I wanted to share an update on this situation as of March 2023, because Kerry and I continue to stay in touch and she pops up in my inbox occasionally with a life update. What I love about this is that her updates show an evolution of their work and family situation, and also their financial situation, and it details that none of us is immune to bumps along the way. And in Kerry's words, she said, if nothing else, the last 12 or so months just go to show the value of an emergency fund and savings. Both have given them options when they reach a sticky spot. Now you probably know that I'm a fan of tracking net worth because it shows your progress over time. And in many ways her detailed updates to me, plus the fact that she is also tracking her numbers show that even when life serves you up a few curveballs, as long as your progress is moving forward over time and not backwards, then you are doing okay. It really is a case of two steps forward and half a step back for this fano. Now in a word, their life has been hectic. As the world continued to deal with COVID, they developed a plan for their own whānau of three, but to put it politely, the year turned into a bit of a dumpster fire. It was a bit of a mess on all fronts, but the important thing to keep in mind is that they coped. When Kerry and I last spoke, our had just had a full lockdown, and after our Correro, the HR job she was being paid $108,000 for annually, in which she was commuting a few days a week to Wellington for, it was beginning to reveal its true self, she said which just added another layer of stress. Now, as you might imagine, working in HR during COVID was not easy and it turned out that the job was not quite what she thought she had signed up for. So with this going on, she was also trying to parent to be a partner to John and keep all the balls of life up in the air at the same time. Another blow was added to that stress with the death of a grandparent. And as these stressful factors began to compound upon each other, as 2021 came to what she called A screaming clothes, Carrie really hit the wall, suffering from burnout. I think that a lot of people can relate to that, right? The last couple of years have been tough and stressful in all sorts of ways. We can each rationalise and cope with one or two big events, but when more keep getting added to your plate, your ability to cope with it all comes under huge strain, and we all do our best to cope with what lands on our plate, but sometimes it's just too much. And burnout is horrid and something has to change. And I was really pleased to hear that Carrie took decisive action by knowing she had reached her limit. Her action was to chuck in the Wellington job, thereby removing that stress point, and to find work in Palmerston North, the town they lived in and had purchased their first home in. So she cut her commute from a long two-hour train ride each way to 10 minutes. When you decide to quit your job, you can't just throw your toys out of the cot and do it out of frustration. You have to have a plan B. You have to move from something that is not working onto something better, which is what she quickly attempted to do. This job change saw her save on transport time and costs, but she took a $20,000 annual drop in pay for her next role. So, how did she justify that this was worth it? Because she has been tracking and monitoring the earning and spending of her and John's money for some time now, well, they went back to their spreadsheets, and she still loves a good spreadsheet and worked out that by reducing costs from going to Wellington five times a fortnight, and by tweaking some other lines in their budget, plus a timely small salary increase for John, this change would be completely doable. So it was with confidence that they started 2022. They had great plans for a settled year. But pretty soon into 2022, they realised that the bumps in the road were not yet over for them, and very early into the year, their emergency fund got a workout. Now when I heard that, I had two instant thoughts. One was, oh no, I was really sorry to hear that they've had more problems raise their head, but the other was, oh thank goodness, they had an emergency fund or a stash of cash set aside for such unexpected things. And what were those things? Their daughter had a sudden and frightening medical event that resulted in surgery at a private hospital just three short weeks after finding out about it. Kerry's dad had done a really kind thing and had set up some health insurance for his but they soon discovered that he'd accidentally put a $1,000 excess on the grandkids' policies. Whereas a few years ago, this would have been a huge financial blow to come up with a fast 1000 this instead became an annoyance, and no big deal, because they were able to reach into their emergency fund and just pay it immediately. They then quickly fixed the excess on their policy going forward. And Carrie, who had literally just started her new role, then had to take two weeks off to care for her daughter, But being so new to the role, she had to take unpaid leave. So not ideal, but they coped well enough financially. And more importantly, their daughter has recovered. And also since that time, John's employer continues to improve his remuneration package. And he now has health and life insurance, which will be a big help going forward if something were to happen to him. No sooner had she returned to work, John got COVID, meaning that all three of them needed to go into isolation. As per the rules at the time, as the country was trying to halt community transmission. Now this forced her to stay away from her office again. Although she did do her best to work from home, but it was another period off work, and all up, it was a really stressful time. But wait, there was more to come. Of course, just one day out of isolation, with everyone back at work and daycare, it was now Kerry's turn to test positive for COVID. With their daughter testing positive just a few days later, so cue another ten days away from work. Thankfully, by this time, the isolation rules had changed and John could return to work, which was good and bad because now Kiri was sick herself while also looking after a sick child. So it doesn't rain, it pours, right? At this time, she said that the emergency fund definitely helped calm the situation, but it was a rough couple of months, particularly as she had no paid sick leave. I didn't ask, but I suspect that she may have received a smaller income from her new employer in line with the government assistance that was offered at the time, but she would by no means have received her full salary during this period. I know her story of being in and out of lockdown is so typical of many, and hopefully we've all learned the importance of having a stash of cash close at hand so you can keep your financial walker afloat when your income suddenly stops. It means an upset to your income doesn't destabilise all of your money plans. I think what COVID has done is prompt many people to create an emergency fund for the very first time, which is awesome. And even if it's just $1,000, because they felt so vulnerable during COVID, it's a great idea. And my advice to you is, as we move forward from COVID, don't get complacent and think you will no longer need it. Next time, and there will be a next time, the emergency will be different but having a need for putia will be exactly the same. So as winter of 2022 approached, they were looking forward to a quick trip across the Tasman that they'd planned, and with their daughter turning five and starting school in July, and with the borders of New Zealand open, they couldn't wait to get on a plane for a short break. So things were starting to look like they might be returning to normal again. Like me, Carrie turns to her finances in stressful times. For me, it gives a sense of having control over something, when there are other things outside of my control. So as 2022 progressed, Kiri kept looking hard at their budgets and getting her head fully around where their money was being spent. John's work clearly really likes him because he was also given another pay rise. Their daughter started school, meaning that they are now saving on those daycare costs. And Kiri settled into 20 hours of work spread over four days, having every Friday off and being available to drop off and collect their daughter from school daily. So she was packing a lot into every single day. But stress and burnout are sneaky things, and they really do suck the life out of your batteries. You need to rebuild your energy over time. And although she had left the Wellington job, her transition to her new one was clearly far from smooth. Having come off the run of health absences over February and March, and then facing a huge workload as she caught up over May and June, she moved through August and September Some extra stressful work really pushed her over the edge and back into feeling burnt out. And she never managed to recharge fully and it sounds like she was just limping on. But she had a light at the end of the tunnel with a long planned trip to Rarotonga with her best friends booked in September, right at the end of her intense period of work. It was while she was there that she got the chance to just stop and take a good hard look at what exactly it was she wanted to be doing. In a busy life, it's hard to carve out these moments of reflection, and I'm so pleased she was able to, because it's only with a clear head that you can make a decent plan. It was during this short break with good friends that fate intervened in the form of a completely unexpected and chance encounter with an old boss from a former job. They talked over cocktails, shared their collective experiences of COVID-related burnout and where their careers were, and they agreed to connect when they got home. So Carrie arrived back in New Zealand and had a very honest conversation with her current boss and negotiated to take extended leave, taking November, December and January off work, returning in February of 2023. So talk about a disrupted year for both employer and employee. This coincided with the summer school holidays and while she knew they would have to pause some of their financial plans to manage, it felt okay because she also knew they had their spending well under control. They could service their mortgage, and because they have joint finances, they could live on John's single income, which is now 112,000 a year with full use of car. During those three months, though, she did dip in and out of her work a little to deal with urgent calls. So she never had that complete break that she was after, and before too long, February was looming ever nearer, and the idea of going back started giving her sleepless nights. So due to the huge disruption of COVID in the workplace, it was a sign of the times in New Zealand businesses that the nature of the HR work she was doing was becoming more and more conflict-based, and she just had no appetite for it anymore. Now, I've been exactly where Kerry was, where you think that the good can outweigh the bad, and you can always sustain it for a while, but ultimately, if you want to be happy, something has to change. So she'd done a lot of deep thinking in Rarotonga and during 2022, about the kind of work that she wanted to do and how she wanted to work. She had thought she wanted to be a school mum, there for the pick-up and the drop-off, but as it turned out, if the paid work you're trying to cram in during those school hours isn't actually the work you want to be doing, then the part-time hours really aren't that fun. You just get busier than ever. She figured that, given she wants to retire at 50, and yes, those with a good memory might have picked up on the fact that she has reduced her preferred retirement age down from 55 to 50. She has 10 years left in the workforce. And although she has fought against this urge to change roles regularly, because it's always been advised that that's a bad thing to chop and change, the reality is that she actually just likes to change things up and she likes to do lots of different and interesting work. So she asked herself why she would force herself to try and stay somewhere that didn't fit the way she likes to work she ultimately decided that she wants to have summers off and then do interesting work for a good salary for the rest of the year. If having an emergency fund is one of the key takeaways from this episode, well, talking openly and honestly with your partner is a second. Carrie and John had open lines of communication and a good korero about their options and they decided they could just manage on his income alone for a few more months and so, with nothing to go to next, she quit. I've done this, I've had a job I enjoyed until I didn't. And then after discussing it with Johnny, I've up and quit with nothing to go to and he's done exactly the same. The strategy leading up to it was that we were financially secure enough to cope and that we fully support each other emotionally and financially. So as I outlined in the first episode, Carrie is excellent at adapting to a changing situation and she likes applying systems to chaos. After the dust had settled, she rang up the old boss that she had reconnected with in Rarotonga, and sure enough, there were a couple of interesting fixed-term projects that she needed help with, and Kerry basically got to pick. She chose to return to full-time work with a fixed-term contract that ends in December of 2023, earning $160,000 gross. Now, in our last podcast, she earned $108,000, so it's a big jump. It's Wellington-based again, so she has a couple of days a week commuting on the train and can work from home the rest. The work itself is super interesting, and the salary has finally caught her back up from what she was earning in Australia six long years ago and is setting them up for the next part of their financial journey, she said. She has grabbed this opportunity with both hands and loves knowing that the job has an end date. Now, before you think it's all kittens and rainbows, What I took out of her update was that we are all just a work in progress. Although we would like to think we can make sound methodical moves from one position to the next, that rarely, if ever, happens. Life has so many moving parts, and you can see that she lurched a little from place to place. And while their financial position is improving over the years, and these breaks have been, for the most part, financially manageable, there were indeed some bumps. To show that they are as human as the rest of us, Their emergency fund did have its limits and it ran dry and they did take on $2,000 of credit card debt over the 2022-2023 summer while she was off work for three months. Although she had created budgets, had an emergency fund and had long-term plans, they didn't involve her stopping all paid employment for that long and there were some house repairs that needed to happen whose costs they had underestimated, plus some Christmas spending to do too. Had those things not occurred, they would have got through without taking on consumer debt, but as it was, it just pushed them to their limits. But once she began her new contract, it enabled them to quickly clear that debt, and when she gave me her update in March of this year, they had their emergency fund working its way back up to three months' worth of base expenses, plus they had managed to put cash aside to double-glaze their windows ahead of winter. Additionally, they are saving for both an overseas trip at Christmas And also to pay a $20,000 lump sum off their mortgage when they refix in early 2024. Now, remember in the last episode that they were earning close to $200,000 a year, but 80% of their take home pay was going on fixed costs like rent, car loans, student loans, and what have you. With all that debt gone and a stable mortgage payment to pay, it has been much easier for them to adjust to living on his income alone. So when her steady paycheck began rolling in, that money can make a lot of difference in a budget. They are also pre-empting mortgage rate rises that they know are coming their way by working with a mortgage advisor as to how they can split their mortgage into three portions over 12, 18 and 24 months to hedge their bets against any more interest rate rises and create a payment structure that is manageable. And when we last spoke, their mortgage was down to $485,000. Today they owe $463,000 and she said that at the moment they are really seeing the impact of higher interest rates and that their balance is definitely not going down as fast as they would like. It's far better that you play out and plan for a variety of scenarios than being surprised by a rate rise. If you have a mortgage, there is just no sense in putting your head in the sand and pretending that a higher payment is not in your future. So these two are now facing it and planning for it which is a really rewarding thing to hear. Now, if you can recall, their house was a bit of a DIY project. The good thing has been that they have been doing a lot of the work themselves, which cuts out a lot of costs, and they have cash flowed about $40,000 of improvements since they moved in. But given all that has happened, they pulled back on doing any more of the house renovations, except the windows, which they are paying cash for, and they'll rejig their plans and consider starting on some improvements from 2024. So, yes, I'm sure that updating the house would have been nice, but these two are realistic and know that for now their money is better utilized elsewhere. After all, I think that it was American podcaster Paula Pant from Afford Anything who said, You can afford anything, but not everything. So, together they sat down with a spreadsheet and they looked again at all the financial independence goals that they have previously created. And now they have added all of the new information into their plans. That they've learned from life over the last couple of years and as I outlined in the first episode these two both plan together as it helps them each deal with stress and uncertainty. For example they've worked out that having three months of emergency money it now feels a bit light and they are aiming for an emergency fund of 12 months of base expenses. They are saving for a new car which yes don't worry they will be paying cash for because they swore off car loans remember. And they are also trying to work on putting some regular lump sums on the mortgage and doing some travel, which they love. They have developed a plan that in the next six years, they will put away nearly $380,000 towards these and other goals. And while on the topic of spreadsheets, I asked if she knew her net worth. Well, of course she did. At the end of May 2023, their net worth, which is their assets minus their liabilities, was $130,000. It has dropped recently, she said, due to the value of their house dropping. But give it time, consistently pay the mortgage down, and continue to increase their Kiwi Savers, and their net worth will steadily increase over time. Additionally to that is that they are hearing the message that Kiwis, both men but more particularly women, are not saving enough for Kiwi Saver. This is not helped by the fact that Kiwi Saver funds are drained to buy a home. Carrie's balance is now $50,000 and John's is $35,000. So now they are boosting their contributions, and from 2023 on, she is upping her contributions to 10%, and already starting to see her balance rise much faster. John's employer sounds amazing, and not only do they give pay rises without him having to go cap in hand asking for them, and offered health and life insurance, but they have moved to a 10% employer contribution to KiwiSaver, with no requirement for him to increase his individual contributions an amazing benefit and more in line with Australian super. So instead of upping his employee contribution, he had started a small but regular drip feed into their Simplicity Growth account, which is outside of KiwiSaver, but contributing to that investment has stopped as they finished double glazing the house instead. But their intention is to resume that when they can. Now during our last korero, she had been investing a small amount with Sharesies, but similar to the previous episode, episode number 84, When they updated their fees in 2022, she was unimpressed with how they handled that change and the raft of redundancies that occurred. So she stopped. For them, that type of investing was a kind of nice to do, not a must do. So they decided that money would be better utilised in KiwiSaver instead. She said that she needs to keep reminding herself that KiwiSaver is investing too. It sure is, Kerry. These much larger contributions she is making into her KiwiSaver will see her with hundreds of thousands of dollars more in her account at retirement than if she had stuck with just 3%. John continues to enjoy success in his role, and they continue to pay him well for it, so he's happy with his work. And as for Kiri's employment, she said that she will likely never return to permanent employment. Instead, she is keen to embrace the consistent fixed-term employment market out there in the public sector HR field, hopping from project to project to keep herself interested, and giving her that all-important summer break to spend with her whānau. And just before I recorded this episode, she let me know that the contract she has was actually just extended through to mid-2024, plus she will receive a 3% pay rise in December, and still get to take the summer school holidays off, which will be a combo of paid and unpaid leave, a situation that suits her just fine, she said. The one topic that was barely mentioned this time around was housing. The previous episode saw a lot of housing instability, something that John grew up with and that they both wanted to move away from. They had unreliable rental arrangements, rising rents and crappy landlords that were a huge problem for them both. Well, now that they are in their own home, they have that stability. So while there has been a lot going on in the last two years, they have had a secure fare to call home, which is absolutely wonderful. Now, if you are striving to bring together a house deposit and buy your first home, I'd say to you, don't give up. It is still attainable, but like Carrie and John, you are likely to find it a very bumpy ride. So just hang on for that ride would be my advice to you. So after a really rough few years, Carrie said that she doesn't want to jinx it, but 2023 finally feels, dare she say it, settled. Time will tell, but they are focusing on their little family, getting their financial ducks in a row, and continuing to build their financial foundation. It was such a short time ago that they were wannabe first homeowners, and now they are, and with many twists and turns, they are gaining a bit of momentum. Rome was not built in a day, and Slow and Steady will win the race over time. Right, now, as I begin to wrap up, here's another quick message from today's podcast sponsor. If you want to supercharge your finances with Pocketsmith, they've got a deal for you. Happy Saver listeners get a whopping 50% off your first two months of Pocketsmith's premium plan. To get your deal, go to Pocketsmith.com forward slash The Happy Saver. That's Pocketsmith.com forward slash The Happy Saver. Given that I've been blogging for seven years now, I can't believe it's seven years, there are a number of long-running email exchanges that I have with people just like Carrie, and I love receiving their updates. And I love that they think to include me in them. So thanks for that. And that actually reminds me, remember Jess from episode number 82? I can let you know that she has now moved at the age of 52 into her first home. So a round of applause for Jess, please. And what these updates show is a progression over time of money behaviors, relationships with money, and an increase in net worth. I watch people learning from mistakes. Sometimes making the mistakes twice, like car loans for Kiri, before finally learning from them and moving on. And the standout to me is that they all just become more relaxed with money. They go from a position of having no idea to feeling really comfortable sorting out their own personal finances. And it's so empowering for everyone involved. And I guess what I'd like you to take away from this episode is that things go wrong often. The more certain you are of your financial situation, the less impact that those things have on your long-term plans. So what might have once been a catastrophe, such as being repeatedly stuck at home with no pay like Kerry was, is now just an annoyance. But it takes time to reach that point. But I promise if you stick with it, you will get there. Kerry and John's update, it really shows me that there is no single way to live a good life. Instead, a good life to me is just a mashup of decisions you've made over time. And as you move through life, hopefully your decision making improves. As you get clearer about what works for you, will you start to recognize better opportunities sooner and you head for those opportunities faster. And I think that is what these two who are now in their late 30s are doing. It's also why I always push people who are unhappy in their current job to go out and find a better one. There is so much opportunity out there if you just start searching for it. So it took Carrie a few job moves, but she is now in a really good place. Your relationship with money evolves over time. You don't ever stay in one place. And another thing that came through to me is her confidence with money. Now, to be fair, she was always confident, but sometimes she was confidently wrong. For example, when she got a car loan not once but twice. But now she has seen what works better, and she is more commonly confidently right, and there's quite a difference. She has more information and makes far better financial decisions that benefit their long-term growth. The longer you live, the more you come to understand just what life might throw at you, and you become better at planning for that. So to finish, Kerry said that it's still all go for them, but they keep looking forward and they keep adapting. And they look forward to giving me an update in another year or two. And I can't wait. And if she's still happy to share then, I'll keep you posted too. So thank you, Kerry, for sharing yet again. And that is all from me this week. And if you want to get in touch, you know you can find me at thehappysaver.com. And please do share this podcast and my blog with your friends. It is the best way that people can learn about the podcast. And I would love it if you would talk more about money with your own friends of whānau and help me continue to help others be better with money. So until next time, happy saving.